there, I'm Kathy, and I help busy, high-achieving female business owners over 40, just like you, create simple daily habits to increase energy and grow your profits. So welcome to the Fun Over 40 podcast. I know that you do not have the energy or interest to track all of your calories or macros, and you just want to be more present in your daily life. You want to feel confident to work on your business and do the things you love, but instead you're feeling overwhelmed and you're giving up. So we're going to talk about the ways that you can make baby steps toward meeting your goals. I've got a master's degree in exercise science, and I've been in the field of health and fitness as a health coach, personal trainer, and a small business owner for over 20 years. I have spent all of those years helping people just like you figure out how to fit it all in and meet your health and fitness goals. I've also had to learn how to do it myself. So tune in and let's learn how to get small habits working for you in your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to the Fun Over 40 podcast. This is your host, Kathy. Um, Sorry if I sound a little sleepy. I just woke up on a Sunday morning and I wanted to go ahead and get this recorded for you guys. This is episode 30 and I'm excited to have you here. So today we're actually going to talk a little bit about exercise. So if you're thinking about your exercise routine for 2024, maybe how to what to do, you know, maybe something new that you might want to do, or maybe um, you've been doing the same thing for a while and it needs a little refresh, you sort of lost your interest, maybe, you know, what's worth adding? What are the absolute must-haves in your routine? So we're going to talk about something to add to your routine that you might not be doing right now, or you might be doing too much of it right now. So we're going to discuss. Okay, so you're probably thinking I'm going to say something strength training related. And although yes, strength training is vitally important. And I know I've talked about it a whole lot. Another type of exercise is also important for women, especially women over 40, women who are going through perimenopause, or who have already, you know, transitioned into postmenopause. So in this episode, we'll be calling that the menopause transition so that we're just all on the same page. So basically perimenopause, um, menopause, which is just one day, by the way, and then postmenopause. So that's the menopause transition. And postmenopause is just like the rest of your life, by the way. So anyway, so it's called HIT training. And HIT is H-I-I-T. And it stands for high intensity interval training. And so it's a type of cardio workout that is very, very different than the slow, steady stuff that you might be more familiar with, like going for a long walk or going for a long bike ride or a swim or something where it's just kind of like your heart rate stays steady and you can maybe have a conversation while you're doing that type of exercise. So that's not what we're talking about today. So why is HIT good for women in that menopause transition? So for one, it improves insulin sensitivity and it lowers fasting blood sugar levels, which is just good for your overall cardiovascular and metabolic health. 
especially during the menopause transition when blood sugar can be harder to manage. So there's one. It also strengthens and increases the amount of your energy producing mitochondria. So that increases your stroke volume, which is just how much blood your heart pumps per beat. Like if you think of your heart, it's just a big muscle, right? And it takes a beat and it contracts, it pushes, it pushes out a bunch of blood and to just circulate through your system. The more blood it pushes out, the higher your stroke volume, because that amount is called your stroke volume. Okay, it improves your fat burning capacity. It helps manage visceral fat, which is like that deep belly fat that's around your organs. And that can increase during menopause. So by putting a high demand on your muscles, HIT sends a message to your brain that you need more human growth hormone, which is HGH for short, if you ever maybe see that written out somewhere. And it increases testosterone, which helps menopausal women regain muscle mass that they need for producing more power for sport and for life. So that's just stuff that we lose as we go through that menopause transition. So this is really helping to regain some of that stuff. Okay, so the best part about high-intensity interval training is that even though it's really hard and challenging, it doesn't have to be torture. Luckily, your intervals don't need to be long, right? So in fact, it's better to keep them short. So when you start stretching your intervals, excuse me, past 60 seconds, you can get a greater increase in the stress hormone cortisol, which I'm sure you guys have all heard about probably. We may have talked about it some on on this podcast, not a whole lot, but cortisol in itself is not a bad thing. I mean, the way that I look at it, if something exists, there's a reason it's there. So cortisol in itself is not a bad thing since it gives you a surge of energy, but you don't want those stress hormone levels to stay elevated longer than necessary to get the job done, especially in menopause when cortisol can already be elevated. So again, we don't want intervals to be past 60 seconds. And I would also argue that the intensity at which you should be doing your hit intervals, which is like, you should feel like you are being chased by a rabid animal and you're trying to get away. you can't sustain or maintain that for 60 seconds. You start to wane and then you get into what we call moderate intensity interval training. And that's not what we're going for here. (laughs) Okay, so the sweet spot for menopausal intervals is 30 seconds or less, which is also the intensity people often find easiest to maintain and actually enjoy. So I think just psychologically, if you're looking at your interval, you're like, okay, I can do something for like 10 to 30 seconds. I can do that. I can push and know that I have an end very soon. Okay. So there's lots of ways to do short hit workouts. So some common protocols include like equal amounts of effort and recovery and or longer effort with a shorter recovery. As you as you get more fit, you can shorten your recovery. So don't think about as I get more fit, I'm going to lengthen my hard interval like from 30 seconds to 60 seconds. Instead, shorten your recovery. 
um, or you can do like a short effort with a full recovery. So here are a few to try. Um, work them into your routine like once or twice a week. So let me go through these and then I have something else I want to make sure I say. So 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. That's a great example. So you warm up, always, always, always warm up first. Okay, make sure you are warm before you do hit intervals. You go all out for 20 seconds, you recover for 20 seconds, and you repeat that six to eight times, and then you cool down, like the end, done. Or you could do 30 seconds on, 60 seconds off, so that's doubling your recovery time. So again, you're gonna warm up, go all out for 30 seconds, recover for 60 seconds, and repeat five to six times, and then cool down as needed. You could also do something called a Tabata. This is probably one of my favorites. Um, and I should also say that there are free hit timer apps you can download onto your phone. So that's super helpful. Anyway, a Tabata app, it's spelled T-A-B-A-T-A. -A -A. Um, again, we're gonna warm up. You're gonna go all out for 20 seconds, recover for 10, and repeat it six to eight times. Then you're gonna recover for five minutes and then repeat another set. Okay, so Tabata, by the way, I won't go too much in depth, but that is an exercise researcher's last name. He developed this technique. So when you create something, you get to name it after yourself. <laughs> so anyway, so those are just some protocol ideas. Um, whatever protocol you go with, add music. That is super, super helpful. So it not only boosts your performance, but it also makes you enjoy the intervals more. I mean, there are studies of women and men performing 30-second Wingate anaerobic tests, which are these bike tests that for a lot of folks tend to make them puke. So, I mean, they're pretty intense. And the participants hit a higher peak and average power output when they listen to a personal playlist than when they just, you know, hammered out the intervals in silence. And they also just enjoyed the efforts more. So what types of exercises do you do for HIT training? Luckily, you have a lot of options and it's really just up to you. So anything, like I said before, that makes your heart feel like it's literally about to burst out of your chest, you're being chased by a rabid animal, whatever you want to call it. So it could be like a kettlebell swing. It might be a squat jump. Um, it might be sprinting uphill or pushing hard on a bike up a hill or just it could be a stationary bike and you're just doing like speed intervals. And I want to say real quick about the running uphill. I know that might sound sort of, why did she say uphill? And it's because if you're running uphill, you do not have to go as fast to get your heart rate up, right? Because you're also adding in that elevation. There's also less risk of injury when you run uphill. And I use the term run very loosely. This could be a jog. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not. Florence Griffith Joyner here probably, but just running whatever that means for you. Okay, but I want to make it very, very, very clear. A hit interval does not have to be high impact to be high intensity. Okay, I'm going to say that again. It does not have to be high impact. That means jumping and landing and impact on your joints to be high intensity. 
you can do high intensity intervals in a pool you know just go as fast as you can so don't come at me and tell me that you can't do these because you have like bad knees yes you can we can find something for you to do so just fyi and a bike is non-impact as well ps so um I will say though that if you can do at least a few activities where your feet leave the ground that's going to help you to maintain agility especially if you could maybe like bound side to side like a little speed skater why do we care about agility as we age you know we see this kind of stuff like in the nfl combines and they've got cones and they're going like side to side like why do we care about this as we get older if we're not playing sports or doing anything like that well think about this real quick what happens if you trip and you miss a step or you just trip over something in a parking lot what happens if your body isn't used to moving quickly and being agile you fall but if you've been practicing your agility and your feet and your legs and your body and your brain to muscle and body connection is seasoned practiced whatever in agility your body automatically puts a foot down quickly and saves you from falling and the more we can save ourselves from falling as we get older the better off we are so just something to think about that if you can and that doesn't have to be every exercise <clears throat> but even just one exercise something like that that you can practice and again it's going to be at your level whatever that means for you but the cool thing is is as you do it and you practice it you're going to improve it right so again, just try one hit session per week to start, then move up to two sessions per week. These sessions, they won't take any longer than 20 minutes at the very most. And you always wanna make sure you've warmed up, like I said before, and cool down, warm up at the beginning, do your hit session, cool down at the end. You could also add a quick hit session onto the end of your strength training workout, not the beginning, because you wanna be fully fresh for lifting as much as you can so warm up do your lifting workout then do your hit session then cool down stretch so this is a little different than places like orange theory f45 um, boot camp style workouts where you're circuit training where you're mixing up strength and cardio and I used to do those workouts and love them but as we age we want to separate those we want to do just our strength as a workout and just our hit as a workout you can do them like I was just saying during the same workout but not mixed in in other words like I'm going to do a squat and then I'm going to do jumping jacks I'm going to do bicep curls and then I'm going to do jumping jacks again like don't do that do all of your strength training in one session however long it takes you and then if you want to do hit that same day either do it later in the day give yourself rest and do hit in the afternoon and lift in the morning or whatever or do it right after but keep them separate um, that way you can lift as heavy as possible and then you've separated that hit workout out so if you have questions about HIT, as always, you can shoot me a DM blah, 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 <laughs> on Instagram. I'd love to chat. But if you're not doing any HIT sessions, I would challenge you to add one a week in the new year. Um, if you're doing too much, like if you're going to Orange Theory four or five times a week and you're exhausted and you're not losing 
body fat or you're not seeing muscle definition, you could very likely just be doing too much and just doing it incorrectly, like not in the correct order or separating them, like I was just saying. So again, I'm happy to talk about this and would love to chat about it. So just shoot me a DM. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Fun Over 40 podcast. It means so much to me to have you here. So go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And you can also find me at www.kathymeadfronheiser.com. That's where I'll put show notes and you can see all the ways to work with me, including my free five-day protein challenge. Look forward to seeing you there.